Hey everybody, this is Steve. And this is Parn Parn. And welcome back to uh, Flippin' and Mashing. Hey, what episode are we on? I have no idea. I don't think it's necessary to worry about episode numbers. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode 49. So next episode, we're going to have to do something special. Not, I don't um, know if that matters, but you know, it's episode 50. Yeah. Well, it should it should matter. We'll, we'll do some kind of we'll do shots ahead of time or something. <laughs> so some That's birthday fun. cake celebration shots. Off my off my belly button with the lint and everything. Uh, that's unnecessary. I think that out of a glass would be fine enough. I appreciate it, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. In today's episode, we have uh, some really fun stuff to cover. So for, I think the first thing we should cover is the fact that Hot Wheels is what? Is it officially released right now, or what's the deal with it? It is released. You can buy it. MSRP was 6300 and it'll start shipping pretty quick here. Jack Danger streamed the Hot Wheels last Saturday. I sent you the link. I watched a lot of it. Um, it's kind of hard to have two little kids when the stream is at about five or six. And it was just, I had it on. We we had it on while I was making dinner. And then I, you know, once dinner started, I just turned it off and tried to pick it up. But I think it was over. I'm extremely impressed with the light show. And this has to be one of the first games where the, um, when they want you to shoot a shot, the insert in the play field for that shot lights up. But then it also has scrollable LEDs inside of it where Stern's games usually have one LED and it could be multicolor, but it lights up the one color and that's it. it might blink. This one can address them. Uh, so it looks like it's, I guess it'd be like a Ford Mustang taillight where like the lower sixth lights up, then the, then the second, then the third, fourth, fifth, sixth. And so then scroll, like the whole insert scrolls up inside of itself. Sure. That was pretty cool. Um, the colors in this game are really cool. I love all the orange, like the orange tracks that are on it. I love, like you said, the light show is, it's amazing. Like when all the, the music comes on or up on the LCD screen, they have all their little adventures and stuff like that that come up. Whenever that happens, not only does uh, the light show go along with it perfectly, but also it has all sorts of rumbles going on. That's one thing that uh, Jack Danger kept saying over and over again. He's like, the rumble in here is super cool. Yeah, the shaker motor. Shaker motor, that's what I'm trying to say. Thank you. And I don't, I couldn't tell, like, is it just integrated really well with the code? Like, so that the machine shakes at really good points in time? Or is, are really they fun. doing something, are they doing something different than most? That's what I'm curious about. They're using it kind of like, uh, at least this is from the way he was describing it. And with, you know, without using it myself, uh, he was describing it almost like the way that they have like a rumbler inside of a video game controller. So oh. when that uh, like King Kong like creature comes up there and like slams his fist down, it like shook the shook the game. So that okay, has a whole. That yeah, adds a whole new level. It's not only do you have lights and sound, but now you have actual it physically moving in between your hands and stuff like that. It's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I guess like I have shakers in pretty much every game. Sure. And usually it's just big events like Ghostbusters. It shakes when that huge multi ball with red lights, you know, the storage facility. So it, and it shakes during that. So it's more of like in the medieval. Yeah, and Medieval does it with, like, the castle <clears throat> the castle exploding. But I yeah. feel like they just, I feel like Stern just turns it on and maybe turns it off every so often, but they mm -hmm. don't do it. It's not timed to very precise, like, uh, 
super moments. I mean, I don't know. Well, it's so like I they, think that that's. I think that's like, a very good point. Yeah, because like on like on Metallica, Sparky Multiball. When you hit Sparky and it locks it, and you're starting it, the game just shakes and stays shaking. It just fucking goes nuts. But mm-hmm. it's just it's just rumbling for I don't know ten seconds straight. It's not like it's on and off or medium power, so that it gives you some haptic feedback. It's just there to sh- freaking shake the game loose. Right. So maybe they did a better job about programming it to the game. I think they did because just like how you said uh, about precision, the light show in it to me is about precision as well. It's not just a bunch of lights scrolling across the the play field or something like that. The way that it goes with the music is to me what was kind of impressive or like some adventure was starting. So the way the music was like cascading, whatever it was going along with it. And it just, it, it added some very great, uh, I don't know, environmental feels because of how precise the lights were going along with the music. And I think that that is kind of what they were describing when it comes to the shaker motor. So they're trying to use it in precise moments. And hey, technically, we've never used it. So without you know personal experience, this we might be interpreting it wrong. But that's what it sounded like. Some of the big features, it has 140 individual RGB LEDs Wow. In the game. That is insane. Uh, the mm-hmm. only other game comparable would be Total Nuclear Annihilation, where Scott Denisi used every same thing, every single LED is RGB, which adds tons of cost. But I was looking at this game and what you get, and for 6300 it's about $1,000 more than a Stern Pro. But you're getting this shaker motor already in, which Stern doesn't do. It's a little bit higher quality cabinet, play field. Um, I don't know. And with this many mods in the game already, like the art blades on the inside of the cabinet are already installed, it seems like you're getting your your extra thousand dollars to go to a Hot Wheels versus like a Stern Pro seems to be well worth it. That's what it looks like to me. I think bang for your buck on this one. It looks top tier. I mean, obviously, it's it's not uh, maybe one of Stern's. What, what do they call their top level? Well, the LE is the top, but the premium is pretty much the same. Okay, just without the nameplate. Sure. So, I mean, um, it doesn't look like it's a top-tier Stern, but it does look like it's with that, that middle lane, if you will. Mm-hmm. I can read off the features if you'd like. Please go ahead, yeah. Okay, so the game is a six-ball game, so that's some serious multi-ball. There are two ramps. One of them is orange on the left. The other is blue on the right. You have uh, There's a magnet at the top orbit that can that actually is one of the modes for loop crash multi-ball where the magnet it's uh you probably haven't played my old game called jurassic park last world there's a magnet at the top as well so like a ball would go around the orbit at the top of the game it would hold the ball and then on jurassic park last world it would drop it into the snagger but the snagger lock but for this game it holds the ball there and then you have to hit that outer orbit loop to knock that ball off to start the multi-ball that's a cool thing it's very cool cool. Um, they also say that if they pulse it correctly, it can accelerate the ball faster. Oh, really? Um, yeah. It's three oh. pop bumpers, two drop targets, um, a saucer with the the kick out, a vertical up kicker that goes into the orange ramp. Yeah, I love that one. That, that That's yeah. my favorite, I think. There's a player-facing kicker. 
Uh, maybe that was in one of the shots on the that right. That vertical kicker, it looks like it's a multi-ball thing. So I don't know if you can get two in there, if it's just one, and then like when you release it, all of a sudden you have two balls on the field at the same time. But either way, it's a two-ball multi-ball, and I don't know if it – Ah, yeah, so, so that, that, that's got to be what it is. Is it locks one and then you hit it and then it shoots it up and all you have two down. So I think there's a. If we look, there is a drop target in front of the vertical up kicker. Mm-hmm. And so then it can you can lock a ball back there. And then when you hit the drop target again, then I would assume that that would then engage the two ball multi ball. Yeah, there you go. Um, two spinners, which is. Usually not the case on a Stern Pro. They say it's a 3D lenicular back panel, like the around the LCD. So that should look pretty neat. Uh-huh. There's five Hot Wheels cars on the game, um, and those should be swap swappable. There's some standard well, targets. That's yep. what they told you when you reached out to them, correct? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, and, and they said most of the Hot Wheels collection will fit. So I'm assuming that there's a there's a special mount that they have. And if you have a really weird Hot Wheels, like re- one of the re- really off-the-wall ones, that might sure. not fit. But most standard cars should. Um, I mean, yeah, because they make different sizes. Obviously, they have monster trucks and semis and motorcycles. And, and those probably will definitely not fit. But there is a, definitely a pretty good uh, standardized uh, car size. Mm-hmm. And one of them did fall off. I think it was the spinning car one. Um, and they said that that's not common. So we shouldn't we shouldn't see that. They were, I'm assuming, playing a prototype. Um, sure. But I mean, also, it, it's not that hard for us as owners to just slide the glass down and move it real quick. But if it was happening a lot, it'd be extremely irritating. So I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, and that's where you would either glue it in or right. yeah, screw it in or something. There's three banks of stand-up targets and then a shooter lane ball re-entry. So if you hit a certain shot, it'll put it back in the shooter lane. I'm assuming that could be a new mode choice or something. Mm-hmm. And then the game does have a center post between the flippers. Um, I really feel like this game was made for families and kids. Um, and so that, that center post, while I personally don't feel like it saves the ball very often uh, for me, I think that it maybe gives the idea that it's not as cheaty, or maybe the straight down the middle shots will bounce back up, kind of like your uh, roller disco. Yep, yep. Um, I'm surprised. There's four, five multi-ball modes. That's a lot. It is a lot, and uh, they were kind of going through uh, several of them on the stream. If, if I think they probably went through all of them, but either way, I think I only saw a good handful of them. And they all look really good. Uh, obviously, the, the small multi balls, like the you know, like the two ball multi ball, that's not very impressive. But like you said, when you have all six balls out there flying around, it's incredible. Oh, that's going to be nuts, especially with all the light shows. Um, right. What else? There, you can build in the game while you're playing. There's shots that then you build your own track, and there's like pieces you collect, and then and then they obviously self install on the LCD screen, but I thought that was pretty cool. I, I never even thought that you would, um, when we were kind of talking about the rumors of it, like that you were going to build your own track while you play. No, they never crossed my mind at all. That was very cool to see. Um, and a lot of the animations, like uh, I get, the whole point of the game is you collect 
the, the classic Hot Wheels, and then you become a cla- uh, a wheel- Hot Wheels legend. Um, and if you swap a car out on the playfield, you're not going to get that in the in the game. Um, I I don't know if they were saying they were going to put swappable cars into the LCD animations. I'm assuming that'd be way too difficult. Um, but yeah, we, you're talking about a lot of money and time and trying to think of all the different Hot Wheels that exist oh out God. there. So I, I don't think that I don't know if they could even have that be an option. And if they did, they would have to do what we had talked about last time, which is like you buy a car that has like a computer chip in it or something, mm. and then you're oh, able the to install thing. it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just like uh, an amiibo. They're not called amiibos, are they? Yeah, amiibos. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nintendo. Right. So whether it be something like an amiibo or Minecraft now has something like that, or if you can just put it onto the play field, it registers it, it puts it into the video game. So also you see it up on the LCD screen. But uh, that sounds like a lot of effort and something that maybe uh, a pinball company doesn't want to do, but it would make them continuous money afterwards just like dlc does for video games it could be a cool idea i would i i doubt it would ever happen it would be uh yeah it uh it's tough because you're gonna hit that the market right away will be cool with it and you'll have to have wi-fi but then you're gonna have to have a dev team to support correct uh, and do there's just gonna be bugs when you're when you talk about changing things and online and then correct. you know f- five years from now are they gonna keep updating it like it's kind of one of those things where it might not be worth the effort. And I, that's why I'm saying I doubt that it would do it. That, yeah. that, that it would do it. I. It's totally possible. They just they won't do it because exactly what you said. They don't want to have a staff hanging around for the next five years trying to implement little tiny things that overall, yeah, it probably pulls in money, but it's not going to pull in enough money to to fund whole entire salaries. Well, and that's the thing is like, if for two years from now are they still selling hot wheels like the license might run out so what's what's the point right um you remember there's that spinning car in the upper middle of the play field yep everybody kind of thought that was stupid but i feel like they implemented it really awesome where i don't remember if it's when you get your full rpm bands or there's a certain shot but then the car rips around and they kind of integrate it with the LCD as well. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I had I liked it. Uh, when whenever were, were they hitting something or were they shooting it by something to make it spin? That's what I can't remember either. I don't remember if it was um a sh- like if the RPMs when you completed the RPMs and your car was shifting or if it was a shot. But it definitely okay. spun at specific moments, and they were right. integrated with the screen. Yeah, so so whether it was a, going on one of the loops or something like that, if they hit the target that they were aiming for, it would make it spin. And then, of course, that would ramp it up to the point where you would have it spinning nonstop sometimes. But uh, I think it was like you said, it builds it up. So if you hit it once, it spins around a couple times, and it, it, it added excitement to me. I mean, it, it or how do I say this? It added excitement to the, the game having mm-hmm. that motion. it was cool so i got no problem with it i understand that some people might think it was just spinning around in the middle who gives a crap but it was cool looking and it added a lot to the game yeah uh people like to just crap on everything i mean 
this isn't, you know, everybody looks back at the 90s Williams games who they did a ton of engineering on. But you're talking, you know, their sales were huge. Where sales nowadays, they're, what are they selling? Like one to 5,000 units, maybe. I mean, Spooky sells. They ju- their, new, their new one, Rick and Morty, sold out at 750, but that was because of the theme. I mean, people probably would never see the game. They'd buy that, but it's only Wait 750. Time out. They only sold 750 total? Correct. That was what that's as many as they'll make. Hmm. I mean, is that a good number? I, I guess I'm not for, really familiar. For them, for them, it's the largest number of games of one title they've made. They made 500 or 550 TNAs. They only made a, like 250 of like America's Most Haunted. So they've been a pretty small, but they're you know they're a mom and pop shop. They're pretty tiny. So what what is an average sale or the the yeah what is the average sale for Stern? We don't know. They don't release numbers. Gotcha. All right. Um, but a lot of the time, you know, you have your LEs at 200 to 700, depending on what title. And then you have easily, you know, a thousand for US, um, maybe, you know, a thousand for Australia and 500 for Europe or something. So I would say two to 5,000, but that really depends on the title too. Like Stranger Things, I don't think sold very well. Or Black Knight, but like Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles, that went bonkers. At any rate, what were we talking about? Hot Wheels. Yeah, but people just shitting on it because of the oh, because the spinny thing. So, so what um, are some other are there some other features that you haven't hit yet? Not really. I mean, we, I I poked at them all, mentioned them, but uh, I I guess I I would just want to see. Them. I think someone else. If it's Zach Many or someone flipping out pinball, they might have a unit already. So uh, they, I think, have already streamed it as well. I'll have to watch it again. I don't, I don't have. I'm not going to be able to buy anything new unless um, I sell something. And I really just, I'm stuck on my games. I keep threatening about Tron that I'm going to sell it. And uh, one of my new friends, Ryan, keeps telling me I should to get. Uh, Scared stiff, but then I play it, and then all of a sudden I'm back in love. Can't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And then in the, the other part too is you, like I got it at a really good deal. So if I sell it and then want it back ever again, I'm never going to be able. I'm going to have to spend tons more money to get it. Right. So what's the? I don't know. I like the game. It's just hard. I think it's an amazing looking game. I would love to own the game. It's a little out of my price range just because I don't have, you know, over $6,000 just to blow on a pinball machine right now. But I would love to play it if we could get it up here at one of the bars because we know some bar owners and stuff like that. If we could get it up here, I would love to play it. I'd dump a lot of money into it. That's for sure. You talking about Hot Wheels? Yeah. So I was just speaking with uh, our bar owner friend and um, he, he moved around his collection. And he also picked up a new game. So at he owns the Rex in Duluth, which is in the basement of Fickers shopping complex. And then Average Joe's, which is a uh, bar in Superior, right over the bridge. And the Rex had Batman Dark Knight and Sopranos. And Average Joe's had the Monsters in Jurassic Park Pro. He has swapped Sopranos in Jurassic Park 
So now Jurassic Park's at the Rex. Sopranos is at Average Joe's. And he also picked up a Stern Playboy, which is now at Average Joe's. I just swung by there and checked it out. So that's pretty neat. He's uh, stacking them up. But he was talking about getting Ninja Turtles Pro, but he, he said he has to sell Monsters. Makes sense. No, I, that, that does make sense. If you're going to bring in a new game, unless you're trying to build an arcade over here, uh, you should probably try to dump Monsters. Monsters is one, it costs a lot, whereas here he can try to save some of that money or recoup some of that money and just use it in a different way. I I like the Monsters a lot. I'd love to buy it from him, and I think he'll make okay money on it. I mean, he made he made some money on it. It's not paid off by any means, but the first two months were just pulling in tons of money, and yep. then um, it slowed down. And even Jurassic Park didn't even pull in as many plays as Monsters, which blows my mind that Jurassic Park didn't pull as much money as that monsters game and then uh COVID hit and of course his both his bars were shut down for three months which sucks and then um when they opened back up recently i you know the only people going to the bars are the people that want to go to the bar they're not pinball players i'm assuming most people that really want to play pinball either have one at home or they're just waiting and then maybe they're cautious but even he had said that a lot of the, the hardcore pinball people that he knows that play his games, they don't buy drinks. They might buy pop. That's about it. Oh, really? Um, do you think it has to do, and this is me just speculating, do you think it has to do with the fact that uh, his uh, social media manager or whoever's running his social media didn't push the fact that Jurassic Park was around? Totally. Because I remember that the monsters was pushed pretty heavily when uh, that got into his bar, as well as uh, he had that cool, what is it called, the the, the pong machine. Oh yeah, that um, well it's called pong, but it's that new version. Yeah, yeah, it was just like um, the, the tabletop, super like colorful game. And both of those yeah. were pumped pretty hard to try to bring in people to check out these new cool games. They might have not even mentioned Jurassic Park, and maybe that was the reason why it didn't pull in a lot of money because they weren't advertising it. I would, I would think that that's the case. I tried, uh, I tried to get out almost every week, but it just was hard with the kid. And then um, I don't have access to their account, so I'm just posting as myself to their page. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't. I just edited his uh, LED sign at, at Joe's, and I put pinball, like play pinball here. Oh, really? So, I mean, since the taco bar shut down, there is a single game at a couple bars around town. They're pretty beat up and usually have a problem. But his bars, at the, well, the chalet up by Menards in Hermantown has two or three games. Uh, they may or may not be broken. But his bar, then, is the only bar that has games. The Chalet is also a very far distance from where he's located. So no one's traveling yeah. across, you know, basically two cities because they've got the twin ports there to get up there. Yeah. Uh, so that's nuts. I, I, I find it funny because, like, when the taco bar opened, 
um, it was flooded with people in the first uh, three months. Just yeah. flooded. Every day it was bonkers. Yeah. And um, when games started not being fixed or like they were just broken for a long time, it dwindled hard fast. Or people got bored. But um, it almost seemed like people just went there because it was a thing, not because they liked pinball. It, like They didn't go there because of pinball. They went there because it was a thing. And pinball well, was there. Okay, but, but here's the thing. Either way, whether they were going there just because it was cool, whether they were going there to actually play the games, if the games do not work, if over 50% of the games are non-functioning, no one wants to be there anymore. Because now it's just basically a junk pile that you have represented as a bar now. It, not, ha over half of the games didn't work. It was infuriating. Yeah. But I, I think people went there because it was owned by that guy. Sure. And it had a cool yeah. environment. It had yeah. all of these games all over the place. It was all lit up. They had cool artwork up on the walls. They had a lot of nerd stuff going on. It was a cool place. I'm not saying it wasn't cool. I am saying it was very cool. But that just environment is not going to be able to push it. Because let's say some of these people who are there who are not maybe normally pinball players. If they want to play a game and it just eats their quarter, or if they put in a quarter or whatever it is, I, I don't I don't remember how much they were costing. I don't know if it was a buck or whatever. But, but either way, if they want to put in a play and the audio is distorted and awful, like it makes you want to shut off the game. That happened to me a couple of times. Like I literally shut off a game because everyone looked at me like, what the fuck is going on? And I was like, ah, don't mind me. And I just clicked off the game. <laughs> and I was like, this is chaos in here. You have a shit show of a bar. Come on. I guess I just mean people went there not, and they only knew. They weren't pinball people. They just went because it's the guy who owned it, and it was a new place in Lincoln Park. Sure. And it, it happened to be an arcade. Sure. But if you were a pinball person, then, yeah, you would kind of know that it was. Um, my whole thing was we don't have those people who who in like um the people who weren't pinball people but they enjoyed playing pinball because of that place they're not going finding more pinball they're not going to mike's bar because they want to go play pinball i think they were just there because it was the new hot you know place from that owner i see what you're saying does that make sense yeah or is that more mm -hmm. confusing <laughs> No, you know, it, it, it makes sense. You're just saying that basically they were going because it was new and because this guy owned a whole bunch of restaurants around town. It just happened to be the new restaurant that he opened. Yes, I think he has a following and people, uh, he's, you know, it's, it's locally owned. So it's not like a McDonald's or anything. It's not a franchise. And people were kind of excited. And it's just something new in, in, in that area, that district. In, no matter what, you're going to get a whole bunch of people right off the bat because of uh, just they want that first that first impression. And so they'll go check out something new. Like, for instance, there are some other bars in that area right now that have opened. They have some cool features. Like there's one place that uh, I know right now we're kind of moving off of our topic. But there's one place that allows you to pour your own beer. Just like two walls full of all these uh, like uh, what, do, what do you call them? Caps. You pull down. Yeah. Just tons of taps, and you just get a wristband, and you scan your wristband, and then you put the 
the glass down and then you pour it and it bases the price tag off of weight or something like that. So um, it's it was pretty cool. I liked it a lot. It was fun to just be able to get up and get your own beer whenever you wanted and to have such a huge selection of beers. I think uh, that is awesome because you can pour as much as you want. So if you want to taste test something, they don't have to give you a free sample. You yeah. just pour one ounce of whatever the heck you want, and you're paying for it. Right. Totally. So they're not losing as much, I think. On and uh, and if you want to get into politics about not politics, but the minutia about it, you have bar owners that are worried about. You know, bartenders giving away free drinks to friends or, you know, this or that thing. Sure. Good point. Okay. Um, well, yeah, let's get back on subject here. What were you going to say? Hot Wheels. Um, I'm glad American Pinball keeps making games. I think it's, they're like, I think six grand is a lot of money. Uh, but it's nice that there's a, another option other than Stern. It's still relatively decently priced. Um, and their quality is pretty good. Um, with Stern, like when I got my Ghostbusters, the cabinet had like a crack at the corner. The play field doesn't look like it has really uh, enough clear coat. So you see the planking in the wood. My Metallica play field lost artwork and had to get replaced, l- luckily under warranty. So like, it's nice to see another competitor that's not charging like Jersey Jack money where it's like nine grand or something for a game. So I hope they keep making games. This is their first licensed title. And uh, I think it'll sell well for the families and uh, anybody that wants something unique. I'm excited to play it. Sure. If I can just say one more thing about it. I thought that the little adventures that they have that are on there are super cool. Like they have this bad villain. Go ahead. You reminded me that the stop motion animations on the LCD screen are from a TV series about Hot Wheels on YouTube. Right. But so, I didn't really on. know that, but I liked it. And at first I thought it was kind of dumb, but I like it because it reminded me of when I was little and just playing with my cars and action figures. Cause that's what I, that's what you do, right? When you're little, you just kind of push them around and you got your action figures and, that's what it reminded me. It reminded me of playing as a kid and I didn't realize they had a TV show about it. Right. Um, so they have both the, the stop motion animation as well as just CG stuff. And the, the CG stuff is built right for the game itself. And it looks really cool. But what I, what I loved even more than the neat CG stuff was the stop animation because it, had all these little adventures that you were going on. You had this villain who was trying to destroy like Hot Wheels City or whatever it was. And he had all these different monsters coming in. And he's like, uh, I think one was like a bunch of cobras that they were all attacking everything. And it just, it looked so cool. It looked so engaging. If I was not playing the game and just watching you play the game, it would be very entertaining for me. Because I can watch this screen the whole entire time. And as you go along this adventure trying to stop this bad guy. Whereas uh, I know a lot of times when I play the game, I barely ever have the time to look up at the screen. So I always miss out a lot on whatever's happening up there. But as 
an audience member who's like watching somebody else play, it's really fun to watch everything that's happening. Yeah, and I thought like uh, the bad guy is like an evil scientist, and uh, the snakes were there was like a bunch of funny moments, right? Yeah. I mean, there's cobras driving crazy cars and trying not to get arrested. It was, and then they have a sheriff who's kind of derpy. So like, it's pretty mm-hmm. funny that a lot they have a lot of humor in it too. Yeah, there's a ton of humor in it. It was. Uh, and, and, go ahead. And then it sounds like you fight, right? He like unleashes these monsters, and then you fight them or cl- clean them up or whatever. Um, and those are, I'm assuming battles or modes. Right. Yeah. So it's pretty neat. It's, it was, when you think of Hot Wheels being a pinball, you just think maybe racing, but I think they did a good job with the Hot Wheels, uh, license and assets going deeper than just two cars going down, you know, orange tracks. Totally. I, I, I'd give it an A plus and I definitely want to play it. So hopefully we can get one of these bars up here to, uh, put it in. So we can start uh, dropping a bunch of cash on it. You're funny. We'll probably, here's the thing. Uh, things are opening back up. And um, I think we'll have to make a day trip down to uh, the cities with a couple of us and go play. Yeah, that makes sense. Because uh, what I'm assuming Tilt probably hasn't. Or we'll get there's it. A couple, yeah, there's Tilt in some place else that are pretty good about getting new games. Otherwise... Like SS Billiards, they have all the Jersey Jack games, and I haven't played those. Mm. A bunch of those. And then Blaine Brook has, you know, a handful. And then there's that that guy, Ryan, who has that Black Knight LE. Yeah, that'd be fun. I really want to play that. And the topper. Oh, that topper is badass. I'm excited. I got to see it in person. So he went all in. He even got the topper for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he has a topper drama story about that. So he did say if we want him on a, on the show, he would uh, join us. There we go. Then we'll save that for later. <laughs> um, also, some new stuff. So the new Xbox and PlayStation have just re- you know released a whole bunch of different information about themselves. They haven't released their price tags yet. They're kind of in a Dude. standoff about that. But instead of going and talking about uh, the PS5 and the Xbox over and over again because you've already heard about it so much from all these other resources like podcasts and YouTube. Instead, let's talk about something far more uh, exciting and funny, which is the KFC Council that is uh, that they announced at the same time. Okay. That, Who's or, KFC? Hey, KFC, Who's we're KFC? talking. Yeah, we're talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken, <laughs> the, the fast food restaurant. You they told me this, and I literally yeah. thought it was April Fools. Well, th- that's exactly it. When they announced it, if it was April first, uh, everyone would have taken it as a joke. But they announced their machine, and they announced the specs on it, just like uh, PlayStation announced all their specs and stuff. They announced their specs. They did all this different stuff. They had it's a good-looking commercial, technically, and uh, the entire internet was like, "What's going on? Are they serious?" Or is this a joke? I mean, it seems like a joke, but they're going all in on it. Is it? Is this a super troll or is this real? Like, I don't know what's going on anymore. So for days. Okay. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I just watched their trailer. Yeah. And uh, it lists a date of November 12th. Yeah, it releases November. a release date. So do you, do you think that, okay, so I think, it's under their Twitter account of KFC Gaming. Yeah. 
But part just, of me wonders if this is like just a um, like an air fryer, and they're releasing like frozen versions of their food, and this just is there. Like this is the console, quote unquote, that heats them up. Sure. Um, but if they release a console, like a legit console, I I don't know, man. I mean, who? How are you gonna? Is it how? How is it just gonna have play Android games? Like, is this who? What dev is gonna just have to then also program for a, a console that's KFC? <laughs> so, I think unanimously, most people believe this to be a complete troll. And uh, CNET I think it's hilarious, out, though. Yeah, CNET came out and uh, said, "This is a joke. This has to be a joke. Stop taking it seriously." But they, I don't know how else to say this. Either there's there's super trolls that go all in when it comes to, for instance, they made a video game called like it's like a Colonel Sanders dating sim, which already is a super troll. They just instead of just talking about a game or making a little tiny trailer, they made a full blown video game where you can date Colonel Sanders. Uh, they also, like you said, have this whole KFC gaming division over on Twitter where they're constantly interacting with all these gamer people. I don't know, like you said, if it's going to be a fryer that somehow connects to something. Yeah, so it looks like a black bucket. Like a, It looks like a KFC bucket, but it's black. It has a power button and a disk drive in the bottom. And then mm-hmm. in the middle, this like drawer pulls out and it has like the the red coils like from a toaster that would be cooking your chicken. Um, and they released this info the day after PlayStation five uh, was revealed. So right. yeah, they're, they're, they're really good about trolling because uh, everybody's making fun of the way these new consoles look. Um, and right. they keep coming out with like random, like random tidbits. Like someone said, does it have two chicken bites worth of memory storage? Which is actually kind of funny. And KFC replied, two terabytes. So uh, part of me thinks it might be like, maybe they're making like a, a small section, like a, not small, like a small number of computers. And these will be kind of like, like marketing kind of uh, giveaways or something. Sure. Like a limited edition. Like we're only going to make, 200 of them or something like that yeah and then like you win this by going in and buying stuff because if they're pcs and you can already do a micro pc and then you put this little chicken griller in the middle i mean that that could actually work um sure i we were on the phone earlier today and i told you that this is some great marketing similar to like what taco bell did the more you get your name out the more people think of you and remember and um that is what you want. You want that name recognition and the name memory so that when people think of going out to eat, they'll think of you. Right. I mean, yeah. honestly, uh, KFC has been on my back burner for a long time. I haven't thought about KFC in forever. And now all of this information came out uh, every now and then when I it comes time to go out and eat. I think maybe we should go check out KFC because they're just so goddamn funny. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else to say. Uh I'm, I'm curious now. Like, how hard are we going to be trolled in November? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> because again, when they respond to people, 
they're responding seriously. Like this is a legit thing. Ah, I I don't know. I uh, I really I really want it to be a real thing. I don't see how it could be a real thing. Here's the other thing too. Like, if you remember, um, Atari was going to re-release a console. That's right. Where is it? I completely forgot about that because it has what been over a year. Yeah, it it bombed. Something happened and it bombed hard. I thought it was a great idea, but I don't know if they ran into production issues or what. But it's bombed. I don't hard. know. Wasn't it on a Kickstarter thing? It was, and I don't think they needed it. They just wanted to round up, you know, people's attention, like, interest. But they they took a lot of money, a lot of money for that council, so they better release it. Uh, and I don't know what happened. And then there's been a bunch of the, um, you know, mini versions of consoles like the Sega Genesis release. So there's been a bunch of consoles that have been releasing and they're just, they're not doing well. Um, there was the Ouya from a couple of years, well, it was probably more than a couple of years ago, but that was Android based. And it pretty much just had, you know, the Google Play Store and yeah. you would only be able to play Android games on your TV. And that, uh, it sold okay, but it pretty much was a flop. I mean, for them to come out with a console doesn't seem, unless it only has their games on it, it doesn't seem to be all that smart. I mean, if if there, if this means a console and it's based off some Chinese, like, um, remember that rapper who was releasing his own game consoles? Yeah. And they were, they were just like re, repackaged, like a cheap Chinese uh, system on a chipboards. And like, yeah. they came prepackaged with ROM games on them kind of thing. If if that's what they're doing, then it's not a big deal. They all claim to do 4K, and a lot of them don't do it. Um, that's not hard to do. Like I said, they all do a computer, but if they're going to do like a legit console, I just don't think they're going to be able to go up against Sony or Microsoft. I mean, that's but I couldn't see it happening. Like, what, what's the point of wasting that money? I don't know. I <laughs> I know I, I agree with you that. Um... To go and actually make a whole entire division that is going to be actually producing content or at least devices uh, would be a huge game shift for a fast food company. Now, mind you, a fast food company has a ton of money. So maybe it's feasible just because they have a bunch of cash and like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get into the gaming industry. If it's real. Cool. I'm excited. Reading that scene, that article, they have made a KFC keyboard. They've made a KFC mouse, nail polish, and Crocs that are coming out. You know, maybe I, I just assume that this is like a big marketing thing to get just hype uh, and sure. make fun of Sony and Microsoft. And if, and if it's that, I think it's hilarious. And it's probably pretty good for their, their name. And they might actually drive some sales. But I'll tell you what, um, if, if they've actually already done hardware sales, they might actually try to pull this off, but like you said, it would be uh, on a very low level. Like, for instance, we'll produce 200 of these. It's going to be very expensive, but it's going to be like a collector's item because it's so limited amount. And you can say, like, I got one of these. And then eventually, if you want to resell, you probably resell it for triple the amount because they're so rare. Yeah, we're probably talking about this too much, but here's my guess. It's either a computer, if it works, it'll be a, a little mini computer and it'll cook chicken 
and it might coincide with a frozen version of their chicken release, which I think is smart. You know, who did? Who else did it? Uh, Ruby, no, what's Fr Fridays? That's a restaurant, right? Yeah, Fridays has a frozen line. Yeah, uh, gra Grandma's uh, Grandma's restaurants up here. Fickers even has frozen burgers of their wild rice burger now. That's right. So that that would be a good way because when with this three months of closure, they weren't probably open for at least one to three months. Uh, sure. So having a frozen food line would be a fantastic way to continue to make money um, if anything like this happens again. Or it'll be a small art, like the system on a chip knockoff that can play some ROM stuff. Um, but it has a disk drive, so not too sure. But I don't think it's going to be a big console. I think it'll be a, a little thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Otherwise, um, it's fake, and it only does chicken cooking. Or maybe they won't even cook chicken. But I, why, why not it, do your own air fryer? I don't know. It, it better cook chicken. They, they have a whole entire a chicken. You know what? They, they didn't call it like an oven. They called it a warmer. I think it's just supposed to keep your chicken warm. So, yeah. So if they're like, this is a gaming accessory where you keeps it warm while you're playing. Sure. I don't know. I, I guess. They should just buy all those broken Xbox 360s, fix them, put them in that, because that sucker overheats anyway. You just uh, let the there Xbox you cook it. Perfect. <laughs> just, red, just keep red ringing them nonstop and uh, keep all those chickens warm. Perfect. <laughs> all right. Off of that, I thought it was funny. Right. To we'll stay to stay in the vein of uh, the new Xbox and PlayStation news, instead of talking about those new systems, we thought we'd also instead talk about uh, our favorite memories from the original Xbox and the original PlayStation. I, uh, I posted up some uh, prototype pictures of the old consoles, PS1, 2, 3, PSX, and Xbox, and I forgot that the original Xbox prototype that Bill Gates showed off was a fucking giant X. No, he didn't show that off. I think he I think he showed it off at a reveal. No, no, no. During the actual reveal, it was the actual Xbox that we remember of. Because there's a picture of Bill Gates standing near that giant X. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, I'll tell you what. Maybe, maybe you're dead right. But maybe the reveal is, yeah, whatever. I don't know. I, I'm I'm pretty sure the reveal had that regular Xbox, just the the black box with the big X and the the green circle in the middle. That is what I remember him pulling the sheet off of. So maybe that okay, X okay. was him trying to announce uh, before this happened. We got something cool coming. So here's the thing: uh, Bill Gates unveiled the Xbox prototype at GDC in the year 2000. And okay. So so it was, it was a prototype. Not, it was a prototype. Uh, before the launch of Xbox in the next year, because gotcha. Xbox launched in 21, 2001. And what we're talking about is a huge silver X. Like basically, if you tipped over two uh, computer consoles, just tipped them over sideways and made an X out of them, like somehow <laughs> melded them together, that's what it looks like. It's massive. So there's no way you could put that in a home entertainment center. You know what I mean? I think oh, that, that yeah. yeah, exactly. I think that that is the reason why they went away from it is because cool, like you have this massive statue. Where are you supposed to put it? 
Uh, whereas in every single one of these home entertainment centers, they have all these slots for uh, the DVD player, the you know, VHS player and stuff like that. And that is why they definitely changed the design to be this flat uh, black box. Um, do you remember, and I'll, you, maybe you don't, but before PlayStation, Nintendo had tried to work with Sony to create a CD-based Super Nintendo. And so there is a few prototypes of a Sony Nintendo console that is like the precursor to the PlayStation. But it's a mix of PlayStation and SNES. No, I do not remember that. Ah, okay. I didn't really realize it until I saw it at MGC. And uh, it's 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 unique. I'll give it that. It's kind of funny to see what that was before the PlayStation got actually done by Sony. So I think it's interesting that Nintendo would work with Sony to do that, unless they were just trying to, if Nintendo wasn't familiar with CD-based things and was just having Sony work on that side. But uh, so what, PlayStation... What one. were some of your yeah? What were some of your favorite games that you played on the PlayStation One? Well, I explicitly re- remember getting a PlayStation One. Um, if if anybody's listened to us since the beginning, uh, I think you were more of a Nintendo kid. I bought my I had a couple Atari twenty six hundreds that we got from like uh, Goodwill, and then uh, I bought myself through uh, an allowance that I saved up a Sega Genesis, and then when the i was must have been like a really young teenager the um sega saturn was being announced and of course being just a sega sega only kid i was just super excited and the funny part is if you look at a sega saturn um behind the cd lid looks like a game card slot and it looked like you could stick sega genesis games back there so i was just Excited beyond belief, thinking that I could play Sega Genesis games plus my uh, Saturn games. And so I was pretty set on that, right? Like they had announced Knights, which was a really cool looking game. They had other Sega, you know, Daytona, all those fun Sonic and stuff games. And then when I found out that you couldn't play Sega Genesis games on it, I lost a little bit of interest. And then my best friend uh, just kept showing me PlayStation 1 and all that stuff. And, um, I know I got ultra excited uh, when I saw Twisted Metal. And um, I did not buy it at launch, but I bought it shortly after. And I'd saved a bunch of money. And my dad, my my best friend was sleeping over it for the weekend at that time. And my dad brought us to Best Buy one night. And uh, we were on a, you know, on a mission to try to find this, this console. And I, it was, I don't think it was in stock a lot, but it was, it was there was a couple left. We got that one game, a controller, and Twisted Metal. That's all I got. And we played, oh man, I mean, I played Twisted Metal forever, but I remember just playing Twisted Metal all weekend, didn't sleep. And uh, we tried to beat it with every single character. And, you know, there's like, you're trying to find secret spots on the maps, and there's, you can play as uh, Minion, who is a boss. So there's all these secrets, and I had, the PSM magazine. So we were flipping that open to get the secrets and the codes. It was a blast. That game. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very sad the way that it turned out 
the, the recent like the change of developers and then they, they have, I think it's ready for a, a remake, but man, that game was amazing. Um, the only other game I really fell in love with big time was Tomb Raider. I remember that. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that came out for Saturn as well, but Tomb Raider, Resident Evil series, which I was too scared to play uh, alone. That scared the crap out of me. And so I, <laughs> right. play. I made someone else play, or I had to have someone else in the room. Like, I remember playing it in my basement, getting freaked out. And this is right at the beginning of the game where the dogs jumped through the windows when we you're walking down the hallway. And yeah. I was like, nope, power off my console. I brought it upstairs in the upstairs living room with all the, you know, the windows and the sunlight coming in. My mom was upstairs doing uh-huh. whatever. And I was like, okay, I can play it with uh, with someone around and the, the lights are on. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, and then the only other game really that keeps me uh, is the Blood Omen Legacy of Kane, which is a pretty fun RPG-like sort of game. Uh, there's tons more games that I have memories of, but those are like the huge ones. What I about you? I heard some other people just recently talking about uh, the Legacy of Kane and how it is their favorite game of all time. So you're not the only one who loves that game so much. Here, here's um, the funny thing about that, though. So most people only like the Soul Reaver series in Legacy of Kane. Mm-hmm. But to me, the first game, which is a totally different style of game than any of the other games, uh, which is only Kane is my favorite now soul reaver was a playstation one game and it revolutionized the console sort of because there was uh pretend once you loaded into the game they did something with streaming off the disc and caching that pretty much made it so there was no more loading screens it was a huge step in the playstation uh life or whatever and but i think soul reaver came out towards more of the end of the middle to end of the life of the, the console um, At any rate, uh, do you have a place? Do you have a PlayStation memory? Yes. So one thing that I loved about just the PlayStation in general, you know, at least for like the the PS One and the PS Two, was the PlayStation Underground uh, <gasps> magazine. Yeah. And the fact that you would get these monthly free demo discs, and those demo discs were a uh, huge deal to me and my brother we played so many games so in our minds like whenever i think about old playstation one games or people start talking about them like oh yeah i love that game i played that game so much but in reality if i go back and try to think about these different games that i've played i've only ever played the demos for like 90 percent of the games that i can think of like from the you know playstation one era like uh soul caliber I didn't play actual Soul Calibur. I played, uh, no, is this Soul Calibur? No, Siphon Filter. That's what I'm going to say. Oh, Siphon, Siphon Filter, yep. Yeah. I've never actually played the real Siphon Filter game. And I played that game a lot. And it was only like one level of the demo. <laughs> I just kept replaying it over and oh over again. <laughs> gosh. I forgot about PlayStation Underground. I had, I, I wonder if I still have them. My mom made me go through a bunch of stuff, and I might have chucked them, and that's sad because I think they're worth a bunch of money now. But I too have fond memories, uh, like you have. Yeah, you get the new disc, and you just you you just play like nuts, and it's just a demo, right? Like, so, did you play the Jet Moto? Like, I'm assuming you yes. played Jet Moto and all that. Totally, totally. I 
if I had to break it down, I mean, to be straight serious, I think that my favorite memory of the PlayStation 1 era isn't uh, Tekken 3 or even uh, another full-blown game, but it was actually PlayStation Underground because of that constant monthly influx of just it seemed like tons of games just always coming in at you plus you get you so hyped and excited about i'm actually gonna buy this game and you never do you just wait for the next demo to come out (laughs) yeah (laughs) but um for that matter there were some demos that got released on those discs whether it be just trailers or even gameplay and the game itself never actually even came to fruition. Did, did you remember that at all? I want to say I remember some, but I don't, I'm not going to be able to tell you what games they were unless you bring them up. Sure. Like off the top of my head, there was, it was like this like tribal game where I, again, I, this is based off of memory from a very long time ago where you're like going through like this long grass and you have these like tribal guys like chasing you down. You're trying to like, attack them back with like these like uh, bows and arrows. And I remember that was very artistic looking. It wasn't supposed to be realistic. It was supposed to be like m- almost made out of like shapes and stuff and like very colorful. And I, I remember thinking like years later, that game never released. And that was only ever on those demo discs. But I thought it looked cool at the time. But either way, um, just to go through, I mean, maybe just a few other um, games of that of that era. I since Tekken three, I have played several of, of the of the Tekken series, and I think it's okay. I think it's all right. I personally don't like the pacing of it, whereas I love like Mortal Kombat. But Tekken three was, I think, my first influx to actually really care about fighting games. And I thought Jin Kusama, who's like the main character on the cover of that, was the coolest looking guy I had ever seen in my entire life. I like wanted to be Jin Kusama. But um, I, I'm trying to think about some other PlayStation 1 games. Uh, I pl- there was a Need for Speed game called, I think, Hot Pursuit. I think it was like oh. Need for Speed 3 or something like that. And I loved yep. that game. I played that game a lot. Um, that was fun because you could be the cops and you can also get chased by the cops. Totally. I loved it. And it had just so many cool cars, including some like fake cars that they made for the game. Um, I saw it back when, that, back when I fell in love with the McLaren. Like I didn't even know what a McLaren was before that and just fell in love with it. All just When I think of like cool cars that I want to own today, I think of cars from that era like the Corvettes from that era and stuff like that. Mm. It was like the 2001 or like two, you know, yeah, I think something like that, like 2001. And uh, it's, I think it's based a lot off of these video games that I played just over and over again. And then I see them in real life, like, Oh, that's the car in real life. I need to own that. It's like, that's a 20 year old car. You don't need to own that car right now. <laughs> it's not as cool as you think it is. Like, well, it is cool to me. Cause it's like the pinnacle of what I wanted when I was a kid. They also drive really hard because they were so old. Like sure. nowadays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I watched a review of a guy like that drove like a Ferrari F40 and a Lamborghini Diablo. And he's like, oh, there's no creature comforts in this in these cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're spoiled. I mean, even like the base Corolla has, you know, heated seats and all sorts of fun stuff. Right. I'm trying to think of some other ones off the top of my head. Uh, Crash Bandicoot and Spyro, both of those 
that was oh, their era good. for sure. Do you remember back? Pizza Hut had something going on with with Crash Bandicoot. Do you remember that? Were they giving away Crash Bandicoot games? It was a demo disc. It's a demo disc. Okay. Because I remember that. Because I remember getting a free disc. At least I, I was pretty sure that's what it would happen from Pizza Hut. I thought this is so freaking cool that Pizza Hut is like using video games. And of course, now here we're talking about KFC trying to <laughs> build a council. But uh, uh, I just thought it was so cool. I'm like, oh my God, there's pizza and video games. This is the best combo of all time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So did you have a PlayStation yourself? Yeah. It was uh, the very first console I ever bought. Do you, like, do you remember Destruction Derby? Mm, not off the top of my head, no. Cool Borders? Yes. Oh. And then Tony Hawk, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah, that was a game changer when the Tony Hawk series came out. Those were epic. Holy cow. That was nuts because like, the music was so good. And yep. the gameplay was, well, I, back then it was amazing. Um, right. I'm so, so excited for the remake. Um, I don't know how awesome it's going to be, but I think it'll be great. So um, I started oh, playing. Oh. I started playing Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater Two, and I thought that that was epic. But when Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three came out, uh, I think a lot of people think that Two is better, but I thought Three was the best. But um, I would agree. I they did something different for Three, and I want to say I wasn't good at it, and so I was just stuck on Two. Like okay, one was really good. Two made one better. And mm-hmm. I remember that. And then three, either I was growing out of that phase or they did something different and I didn't like it as much. And so I was just stuck on Tony Hawk too. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause I think, uh, as a whole, most people think that number two is the best, but, uh, I always thought number three was the best, even though I started with number two and that's when I kind of fell in love with the, the game series. Um, Ridge racer was a huge game back then that, um, uh, for some reason, I don't know why it's still not on like PlayStation. Gran Turismo was giant. That that revolutionized graphics mm-hmm. on card games. Um, gosh, down. And um, the cool thing about that is, in the one of the PS5 reveal trailers, they did show that there's a new Gran Turismo coming out. Mm. Let's see, Cool Borders. Uh Obviously, we, you just mentioned it briefly, uh, the, the Tomb Raider series. There was like, several oh. Tomb Raiders that came out for that. And uh, I just remember thinking how incredibly sexy she was. And now if you try to look back at it, you're like, what? Those just completely like pixelated shapes? Exactly. <laughs> it's just, there's, uh. you, you can barely even, like modern day, like, if you try to look at one of these old games, you can almost barely tell they're even supposed to be people. And back then, I just as this horny little kid was just rock hard, just like watching Tomb Raider run around, and it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's also like funny where it's like this girl is in shorts and a tank top in you know um, a snowy mountain cave. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, it um Tomb Raider. I actually have a Tomb Raider memory card from PlayStation One. Uh huh. I was a giant Tomb Raider fan. I think I liked Tomb Raider 3, and then after that, it kind of got really funky, and I just stopped liking it. But what about Sled Storm? Mm, I'm, I'm not familiar with that. 
it's a it's kind of like a site truck i guess but more like snowmobiles it's just kind of like snowmobile racing sure and that's what, what about, i was go ahead what about metal gear did you ever play that i did play it barely I, I think i played it uh just again via a demo disc I don't think I ever played a real game in the Metal Gear series. Oh, okay. Um, I remember playing a bunch of uh, sports games. Like, uh, I liked hockey, but all I did in hockey games was check people. So I had a friend, and he played hockey for school and stuff. And then me and him, I don't think he had a place. He was Nintendo. I had the PlayStation, and but he would come over, or I'd bring my PlayStation over to his house, and uh, I would just just check people, and he would just get all the shots on the goal. It, it was just so much fun, um, and that was like normal hockey. That's not like uh, the check the, the you know the NFL blitz version or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had I they had mod chips for PlayStation, so. They had one. I had one of the original that you could plug in the parallel port, and then you do a swap, and you could play burn discs. So I had that. So there's a ton of games that I just had. But when you get too many games, you then just stop playing games, um, which is sad because like it was better when I was younger. And then you you know you had to save up and buy a, a single game, and then you just only played that for months and months and. Um, when you have too many to choose from, you end up not really playing them, which oh, that's what I try not to do with the Switch, I guess. I, I try not to buy too many. Sure. Makes sense. Uh, did you ever play the video game Driver? Oh my god! Yes! I Yes! Yeah. I own it. Yeah, I have. Do you really? Oh yeah. So, my brother and I, we never played Driver, but they have a video game trailer. And honestly, I don't remember if it is for the original driver or if it is for a sequel. But we have never played the game. But that trailer for one of those games is one of our favorite trailers of all time. We watched that trailer so many times back to back because we just thought it was the coolest thing. And I don't think we've ever even played the driver games. But it just uh, I, I know the driver is from that era, and I don't remember which one i even saw the trailer for but i remember it was a, a pinnacle moment in our heads and it came from the, the underground discs we'd pop it in there and we'd if we wanted to watch something cool we'd watch that trailer and it was just always so epic to us um yes i that was i'm pretty sure that came from developers that worked on um destruction derby mm-hmm. and it was like pretty much what would have kicked off grand theft auto like yeah you are driving this car and it was like a it was like crazy taxi grand theft auto i think before those came out and it was just wild where you just have to drive and crap's happening the cops are chasing you and uh you know the physics are a little they're pretty good but you're drifting around and the I remember looking at trying to see the front wheels turn with suspension. And of course the wheels are just like, you know, floating there next to the car. <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> but there was driver one and two on PlayStation one. Okay. So I, again, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, which game 
of the series that it, it sticks out in my head so vividly. But it, it very well could have been the very first driver game because I don't know how soon that they came out with them back to back. Do you? Uh, I don't think it was that quirk. Well, the problem is the driver was a successful game. Right. So, so I don't know. So it, I, I don't know. Either way, probably just edit that chunk out right there or that little last part. But yeah, it was a big deal to us whether or not we actually played the PlayStation 1 games. Uh, the driver in my, it sticks out in my mind whenever I think about it. That's a um, classic. Totally. And of, of course, I think we, I, we just briefed over it. Uh, Spyro was made in that era. Crash Bandicoot was created in that era. And those games have just lived on in infamy ever since. And okay, I think they, what about, go ahead. Did you have a DualShock controller? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did, did you ever hear or play Ape Escape? Yep. That, that is the game for why we bought the, the DualShock controller. Because yeah. before that game, uh, and again, uh, I played Ape Escape uh, thanks to the underground. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we weren't allowed to play it with the, the current controllers that we had. So I went down to GameStop, bought a Mad Cat just knockoff controller that happened to be DualShock, plugged it in, and it worked perfectly. And uh, that was how I was able to, for the very first time ever, do that DualShock two thumbs system. I also, except my first game was because of um, Metal Gear Solid. It required a DualShock, so you could feel oh. it rumble. Gotcha. Um, I'm just looking at one of the under underground discs thing, uh, sleeve covers. What about, so there was this game, and I remember renting it over and over, and I finally bought it, a different like version of it. And it was such a shitty game, but for some reason, I just remember always wanting to rent it and it's called three extreme and uh what it was is you would do bmx biking rollerblading or skateboarding i've seen the cover i don't think i've ever played it myself okay and then there was a couple more one was called two extreme which is the same thing uh, you know, but with the snowboard, snowboarding, it's just like, uh-huh. it was so bad. But for some reason, I I bought that one because it was like $5, you know, and one of those cheap bins. My goodness. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. What's else in this underground disc? Um, I think the cool thing about the underground, which is really surprising that they don't bring this back, is that, and I don't mean like shipping a disc out, like they don't need it. That's a lot of cost, but. There's not like an underground um, membership anymore. You don't get demo discs. Like they would have news demos. They had import import demos or games on it. They had codes. They had all interviews and movies, um, like game trailers. Like I remember spending so much time on those discs, like yeah. you did. And right. I mean, they were five bucks back when for the jump packs, which right. are like uh- mini undergrounds and. Um, they could do it more digitally now. I still, uh, I get a kick out of the, like if I was sent, like I would pay 10 bucks for a, a big disc pack, but I, I'm, I, I am kind of surprised that they have dropped the, the PlayStation Underground. Because yeah. it only lasted via 
PlayStation One. They didn't do it PS Two that I'm aware of. Okay, then never mind. Then a lot of my memories are straight from the PlayStation One era, because uh, I was thinking that maybe they extended it into the PlayStation Two realm. But I, it was a big deal, definitely just to me and my brother. We we get those discs. We'd read all about uh, the new upcoming games and. Technically, they mentally sold me a lot of these games, but uh, I don't know how many of the games I actually went out and got uh, because, I don't know, I, I loved playing these little snippets of the demos so much. Uh, I need to take that back. They did have a PlayStation Underground Jump Pack set for PS2. Okay, they called it Jump Pack. Yeah, I never knew about it. So, like, when I... Because when, when PS2 was announced, I got it pretty much the first week it was out because I worked at CompUSA. So mm-hmm. I had one. The first day, we had to let all the customers buy them. And of course, that sold out. And then the next shipment, they were allowing, they had like a raffle for employees to you know take one or two. Off oh, really? Yeah, because when you're an employee, you got, I don't think it was cost, but you definitely got a discount. And so... They would rather sell them to customers than employees. Makes sense. No, I uh, I didn't get a PlayStation 2 off the bat. I think I waited a little bit, but I wanted one desperately. So it, it couldn't have been too much further into the PlayStation 2 era when I got mine. See, I'm, I'm almost certain I didn't get it right away. But I did have a PlayStation 2 for a good chunk of its life cycle. Um, and that is, I would say, a good chunk of my video gaming memories because that was a good chunk of my teenage years. So I spent a lot of time playing the PlayStation 2. Uh, I didn't get the PlayStation 1 until near the end of its life, if that makes sense. So I spent a lot more time playing PlayStation 2 instead of PlayStation 1. But should we you move remember? on? Go ahead. Not to go into PlayStation 2 because we're going to stay on PS1, but I remember Dead or Alive 2 being announced on PlayStation 2, and the boob animations like literally sold the game for yeah. the fighting game for I don't know how many mm. people. <laughs> uh, it sold it for me. It sold it for me, that's for that? sure. No, it, it, it was, again, for horny teenagers of that era, that was the... It was a huge, it was a huge deal to me. I bought it. <laughs> I I, uh, I even bought the the volleyball version. Oh yep yep I remember that one. I had to like hide that one so my mom never saw it. But... Oh man. Um. Okay. So on. Xbox. Oh, yeah Xbox. Ahead. Yeah. So I had a PlayStation Two for most of uh, its life cycle, and then a lot of my friends started playing this game called Halo which was an exclusive for the Xbox. And I was anti-Xbox in the beginning because simply they weren't PlayStation. So I was I was a total diehard PlayStation person at the time. I was just going to stay with them. But Halo, solely in and of itself, sold the Xbox to me. Because so I would go play Halo at, at these different friends' houses, and they would do... Uh, what is it called? Lands. They would do lands with all these Xboxes all tied together, all playing Halo. And I needed to have Halo because I wanted to be a part of this whole land thing. 
And uh, that is how I got into the Xbox. And I have technically been with the Xbox kind of ever since then. And it was Halo that sold me wholeheartedly on the system. I didn't buy one until I was in college. Sure. Um, so it was before the 360. It was definitely when I owned a PS2, but it, I I didn't care. Um, but what did happen was in college, we would go to people, friends' houses, and we would have, you know, they, in college, you would rent out a house, and there's like seven bedrooms, right? It's like three floors. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And at one friend's house, um, we would literally have, you know, like as many Xboxes as we could, and we we're playing Halo Land. Right. I mean, uh, and so that kind of sold me on it. And then I found out all the ways you could mod a, uh, Xbox original console. Oh, I yeah. Still, I still have mine. Do you, do you have one? Or did you ever I get one? No, no. I, I, well, I modded my own. I had a buddy that uh, knew how to do it. So we figured out, I hacked it and then was able to download games onto it. So what I would do is I would go to GameStop and you were allowed to, the way that their whole buying and returning system worked is you were allowed to return it within one week, which was plenty of time for me to just rip off uh, as many games as possible. So I'd go in there, (laughs) buy some used games for pretty cheap. Uh, Because the only time you couldn't return a game is if it was brand new. But you can sure. return used ones. So I'd go in there, buy a handful of used games for like 20 bucks or whatever, go home, just rip them all onto my machine, and then go return them. Because I had plenty of time within that week's uh, time scale to return them. So I, I had a good amount of games on my uh, Xbox. I remember I had the, the Superman game for Xbox on there. I had, uh, I think, Vex. Did you ever play the game Vex, V-E-X-X? Look, look. I'm thinking of a different game. Vex, it's, uh, it's kind of Oh, similar. no. I was thinking about a different game. So I love that game. I have a lot of memories of that game for two reasons. Mainly more technically from uh, the PlayStation 2, because I had it both on the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox. Oh, no, I take that back. I never bought it for the PlayStation 2. I rented it over and over and over and <laughs> over <laughs> So this looks like this looks like a really cool class like a platformer, classic platformer, sort of oh. like Ratchet and Clank or any of the other yes. ones. Yes, it's very much like uh Ratchet and Clank and that whole entire uh like uh what's another good one? Uh Jack and Daxter. All that kind of mm-hmm. stuff is very similar. And I I wanted to play Vex from the very first time I went to like a, a Sam's club and they had uh, a demo for Vex on the original Xbox. And I thought this looks super cool. And then one time when I was, I don't know, at video vision, I don't think, I don't know if video visions exist anymore. I went in there to go rent a game and I saw Vex was available for the PlayStation two. So I rented it fell in love with it and uh, was too cheap to buy it. So I just kept renting it over and over and over again to the point where I probably paid twice as much for the game. (laughs) And then when I actually owned a regular Xbox, uh, the game was super cheap. So then I actually bought it at that point. So I knew at that point I had spent so much money on this game. uh, It's going to go down 
uh, as one of the one of the most overspent or one of the times <laughs> I overspent on a video game ever. That's for sure. Yeah, like you rented it more than what the game cost. For, for sure. And then I bought the game later. So I both bought it and rented it like dozens of times. So <laughs> Yeah, that happens. I mean, it's easier to spend little bits of money over the course of... Mm-hmm. What? There's Driver Speedboat Paradise? Never heard of it. What, what, what uh, system is it for? Oh, that's why it's... Oh my goodness. Why would they do this? This is for uh, Android and iOS. came out in 2015. Interesting. Is it still based off of like that series? Yeah, that's what the text says. Okay. Wow, right. they went. They took Driver and just kind of kept releasing crap, and people just I don't remember half of these. Driver Three. There's Driver LA Undercover, Driver Seventy Six, Driver Renegade, Driver San Francisco. So they just kind of hoard out the the title or whatever the license. Well, clearly, because I've never heard of any of those games, so they must have been fairly low budget. Sad. It's sad when they just kind of wreck a franchise, a franchise, and then they just keep pushing it, and so then it just makes it like, well, there's no money to be had in this, and it's like, no, there was. You just kept making crappy versions of it. <laughs> right. Um, I I modded mine. But, Your Xbox. Um. Yep. I also modded the console uh, physically, though. So. What I did was I took out the CD-ROM drive and put a bigger hard drive in, and then I cut the case and then dropped it. So it's, it's pretty thin. I painted it red, and I, lit, I, had a, like a, I modded a doorbell to be the power button so you could click it remotely, turn on your Xbox. And then um, I lit up all these, like, all the, play, the your plugins for your controllers. Like, all those got lit up in LEDs, and I had this plan i dremeled out all the fins you know in the in the between the x blades or whatever yeah i dremeled those out so and i had leds that would light them up that is amazing um that is amazing. Still downstairs in a bin no it, okay. yeah, when, yeah when i say i modded all i did was modify the software so that i could put some you know a bunch of games on it and what you did is awesome that's incredible i wish uh i mean Later on in life, I got a part of the whole entire modding realm and actually did it for a living. But uh, that would have been super cool to have back then. Yeah, dude. I was uh, pretty hardcore into uh, some of the, the like Hack 5 and a bunch of the modding kind of uh, whatever. Clearly. Stuff. Um, and then, yeah, then you could put... Since I didn't have a, a disk drive, I couldn't rip games or whatever, but um, I did have them on ISOs, and you could FTP the ISOs over. But yeah, then it, I remember Blood Wake, and I barely played it, but I, I just recently bought it, but it's not compatible with the Xbox yet. Like, they haven't made it compatible backward com, uh, compatibility-wise yet, which is interesting because that was a big title for the original Xbox. Do you remember that? Um, Blood Wake, I never played it. So, um, no, I don't really... I mean, I, I remember, obviously, the, the cover. I saw the cover a bunch of times, but I never played it. Um, I'm trying to think. Superman was on... I didn't like necessarily the Superman game, but it was a big memory of mine because I had ripped it onto my account 
on the console, so I was able to play it a bunch of times. Uh, Battlefront 2, I played that quite a bit on the Xbox. The Star Wars one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played that on my Xbox, too. God, that was amazing. Yep. So one of the reasons, oddly enough, why I switched to the Xbox was not just for Halo, but also for the the, the Star Wars games. Because in that era, that was in between episode uh, 2 and 3, and they were pumping out a lot of Lucasfilm was pumping out a lot of games and they made a lot of exclusive games for different systems. They made exclusive games for the Nintendo um, GameCube at the time. They also made exclusive games for the Xbox. They did not, as far as I know, make any exclusive games for the PlayStation. So for me to collect all of the Star Wars games, I needed to have a GameCube and an Xbox, and then I could have them all. And I could actually just get rid of or sell off my PlayStation 2 to try to help put this whole entire system together. And that's what I ended up doing. So I had uh, one of my favorite games of all time is uh, the Republic Commando series, and that is a, a Star Wars game that uh, I love a lot. Another, you know what? As I'm saying that right now, I don't think that, um, oh, I, I, know, I know what the deal is. I was gonna say for the PlayStation 2, they had the Django Fett game, and that was a huge deal to me called, uh, I think it was just called Bounty Hunter, so Star Wars Bounty Hunter. And I, that was my first dive into Star Wars. I had not seen a single Star Wars movie before I played that game. I played what? that game. No, true story. I had never seen any Star Wars movies uh, because my family was really religious back in the day, and we weren't allowed to watch anything with magic. And uh, I did a lot of stuff behind my parents' back. So <laughs> one of the things I did behind their back was I got this Star Wars uh, Battlefront game. Not Battlefront. Wait, uh, Bounty Hunter was on PlayStation. Correct. Yeah. So. Man. Right. That that's the crazy part is back then LucasArts oh, actually made some like really awesome Star Wars games like, isn't it Kotor and I've never heard of this game but Battlefront like man. Right. So Xbox had a lot of games that were only available for um, the PC. For instance, Kotor that was available on the original Xbox. It was not available on the the PlayStation. So that was one of the games that I was able to get. Same with um, that that uh, uh, that Bounty Hunter game. When I had decided that I was going to own both the Xbox and the GameCube, one of the decisions was GameCube had a lot of exclusives and they had Bounty Hunter on it. So I was like, all right, cool. I don't need the PlayStation anymore. So I just basically kicked it off to its death. Oh and my then god! I, <laughs> you and getting rid of old consoles is horrible. Yeah, so I I then had the Xbox and the GameCube as my my two systems that I was able to to dual wield and out have all of the Star Wars games uh, collected. So that, that, so that was my decision did, based on. Did you whatever. keep? Did you keep them, or did you end up getting rid of those? Those systems, I currently do not own any older system than my uh, Xbox One. What are you talking about? There's a Wii U at your place. 
Well, yeah, I suppose it's a good point. There, I can take that back. But but um, th- that I bought. How about that? Okay. So I don't so, have any Xbox. I don't have an Xbox 360. I don't have PlayStation, PlayStation 2. I don't have uh, a Sega or anything like that. All I have is my current, you know, gen Xbox and current gen Nintendo. And of course, like you said, the Wii U. Do you, so if they remaster the stuff, like if they re-release Bounty Hunter or KOTOR or whatever, like, do you think you would go buy those? Yeah, but I don't think they will. Um, well, I don't know about that because Star Wars is getting some, and I texted you about this the other day. They're remastering Pod Racer. Hold on, hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. You you cut out real hard. So just go back to you telling me that these things are going to come out. Oh, so I asked because Star Wars is releasing some new games now, and one they're remastering the Pod Racing game. Which did you own that for GameCube? I did not because i don't think it was during that era i believe it was for the three uh 64 playstation 64 not for the playstation 64 <laughs> <laughs> the oh nintendo 64 uh is when that game came out that wasn't for the gamecube Damn. so that didn't count i was that trying was to count. Yeah. yeah yeah I, I was trying to collect all of the 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 Star Wars games from that era. Like I, I, I already knew I couldn't afford to collect all of the Star Wars games from like all the different eras. So I was just trying to focus on the current era. So that's how I did that. So not to go too off topic. Okay, so like you, and so you never had a sixty-four, but they also made the Pod Racer in a arcade cabinet. Um, yes, we, and we played that. Did we? Yeah, down at the Mall of America. No, not, not the Mall of America. At uh, when we went out, when we went out to Las Vegas, and they had oh. a really cool arcade there. They had a pod racer that you would sit in, and then yeah, ride it. New York, New York, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just looked it up because I wanted to make sure. I thought they released it for GameCube as well, and they didn't. You're right, but you know they're they're re-releasing an HD version. And what I find crazy is that it is only for PlayStation and Switch. That's interesting. I wonder why they would do that. I mean, right. I understand if you're right. going to release it only for the Nintendo Switch because Nintendo Switch has a lot of old content on it. And they are doing a lot of re-releases on there. Because, for instance, if a game did really well, like, for instance, The Witcher, uh, a new market that is untapped is the Switch. Oh, we never released on the Switch because it didn't exist at the time. So now let's go and release it over there and make a bunch more money. Uh, so I, it makes sense to me that they would release it for the Nintendo because they just keep doing that right now. But to release it for the Nintendo, PlayStation, and not the Xbox seems goofy to me. I find that interesting. I don't know if if there was some sort of uh, you know like drama involved on the back end. Could have been. Could have been. Politics is always an issue. Like, somebody doesn't like somebody else, then all of a sudden they just don't even worry about talking to them. Yeah, it also could be a timed release, but I don't see any mention of it. Um, that was the case with one of the Tomb Raiders on Xbox, where Xbox had one year of exclusive rights to a that new gen Tomb, Tomb Raider. Yeah. Before PlayStation got it. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, Star Wars also released, or they released a teaser 
of Star Wars Squadrons, which is like a space ship 5v5 game, which seems cool. Um, not sure. Not sure if I'll be really into it, though. Right. I mean, the trailer looks neat. Uh, I'm excited that they're making new Star Wars games because it is Star Wars games that I love the most. I mean, it's a bad way to say it. The reason why I love Star Wars is because of its games. That's a better way to oh, say it. Oh, that's right. Because you played the games before you saw the movie. Right, right. That's insane and to me. Yeah, and it's because I can dive into that universe more vividly and more, uh, I don't know, just engulfing myself into it by actually playing a game and being this character, running around, being in this universe versus sitting, you know, just sitting watching a movie. It's very cool. I like them. But to play a game and to be in it is much more engaging and uh I don't know what the, what another word would be for it, but you you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and uh, when you play a video game, you feel more immersed. That's the word I'm trying to use. Yes, I feel far more immersed in the game and in this universe while playing this character or learning about all this extra lore. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to collect all those games back in the day is because each was like a new piece of lore that I needed to collect and have all of the knowledge of Star Wars <laughs> uh, at my uh, at my fingertips and stuff. So, yeah, I, I think it's cool that they're coming out with, with new games right now. Uh, they also have some story-based games that are out right now as well. So uh, good for them. I'm glad that they're finally releasing games. It went, we went for an extreme dry uh, desert-like era for play, uh, Star Wars games. We went like almost 10 years without a Star Wars release. And I think it's hard, too, because, like, for instance, the top brass, you know, at uh, Disney releases uh, Battlefront. And it gets crapped on for all the loot crate stuff. And so then they're like, well... Guess we're not going to make any more games. People don't like Star Wars games, I guess. And it's like, well, are you so out of touch with this shit? Well, well, see, the issue wasn't necessarily... It didn't have anything to do with Disney. It wasn't Disney. The problem was, is Disney, when they shut down, or I don't know whoever it was, I don't know if it was Lucas himself who shut down uh, LucasArts, and they, just stopped, they decided to stop. I think, it was, I think it was Disney. I think when they were making that whole entire deal with Disney... Disney shut down LucasArts because they thought we're not going to run a whole entire gaming system as well or a gaming division. Instead, we're going to have EA make these games for us. They are one of the biggest, if not the biggest uh, game producers in the world. They have a huge track record. We'll let them just run this for us. Yeah, I remember LucasArts Gaming Studio being shut down, and it was pretty sad because they actually were like mid-development on a couple games. Yeah, yeah, they were. It was pretty frustrating to me personally. But that's the thing. like The top brass is not – they don't understand the nostalgia, the the love or whatever that a studio can have, similar to like Blizzard before they got bought out by Activision. Yeah, there's like loyalty toward that for that company, right? Because yep. there's trust with the um, gamers. And then when Activision bought Blizzard, like everybody was like, "Oh, great! It's going to be you know 
the normal, you know, Walmart buys this little store and turns it into crap. And it might have taken some time, but it kind of turned out to be that way for some people. And then when EA was given the licensing rights to Star Wars, it was like, oh, great. You know, here's the and then that's what happened. Right. They they hoard out Star Wars is what ended up happening because EA didn't care. EA wanted to make money. And that's the only thing that EA cared about. They didn't care about making a good game. They just wanted to make a game that they could uh, put in enough loot boxes in or something that could consume a lot of money instead of worrying about if uh, it was a fun game, an engaging game, a game that had a long life cycle. So uh, as as we know, the, the first Battlefront got re-released. Okay, when I say re-released, it's another goofy thing here is you got Battlefront, one and two that came out during the PlayStation 2 and Xbox era. And then you have, again, they released Battlefront 1 and 2, completely different games, but for the modern era. And it's like, just call them 3 and 4. What, why is this hard? But uh, It's very when, confusing. Yeah, it is. So when, when they released those games, EA didn't care. And Disney, in their minds, like, we're giving you guys what you want. You want more uh, Star Wars games. Congratulations. We're giving you. We're giving it to you. And it's like, here's the problem is you guys don't care about games. And these guys don't care about making good games. They just want to make games that make money. Like, for instance, uh, what was it? PUBG last month. Or not that month. In the month. Yeah, last month. In the month of May. Made just, I want you to guess how much money they made off of the mobile game PUBG Mobile. Uh, okay. No, you, my friend, are so far off. You, no, and I, I said EA made this, so I have to backtrack. I don't think EA owns PUBG, but this is an example of what I'm trying to say. PUBG Mobile. So again, a very cheap to make game for your mobile device, Android and iOS. Last month alone, this is not for a whole entire year. Last month alone, they made. $200 million. Oh, PUBG Mobile. Only the mobile. Only the mobile. This is not the real game. This is nothing else. This is not any kind of console or, or PC. Nothing. Simply off of uh, like selling skins and selling uh, new guns and selling just cheap, pointless stuff that you... Has, has no bearing in reality. This is not a full game. This is just a little add-on that you can make your guy look cool. They made $200 million. And that is the concept and the scheme that EA loves. They like that, which is, what is the best bang for my buck? Which is, make a game as cheap as possible, and then put as many little add-ons in there that you can just consume tons of cash over a long life cycle afterwards. Whereas we as gamers want you to produce a full-blown, beautiful game. They're like, yeah, yeah, that costs a lot of time, money, and effort when I can produce uh, a mobile game over here and make 200 in one month, let alone a full entire, you know, like, life cycle. Well, well, and with EA and Battlefront, they, like, miss that concept completely, though. Yeah. Because like, luckily the, the fans backlashed against it so hard. They got so frustrated and so angry because insane, the amount of like the, the amount of crap that came out where like people were calling 
or messaging EA's like uh, technical support, and then it was just trolling them and stuff. I mean, it got it was insane the amount of backlash that was against EA. Right, and that had a lot to do with uh, the price tags that they were putting on to play with uh, Palpatine or uh, Darth Vader. You can just pay this much money, and it was an, it was an extreme amount of money. It was like twenty bucks or something like that. And it's like, wait, so I can buy the game for sixty dollars, but then if I want to play with the character I want, I have to pay two like twenty bucks, so like a third of the game. So it was uh, an extreme backlash. People were were livid with it, and that's what woke Disney up. Disney woke up and realized, holy cow, EA is screwing our games up. So from that point forward, they kind of put their thumb on EA and said, here's the deal. You work for us and you produce our games. So you're going to make our fans happy. So the last two games that have come out have not had any microtransactions in them at all. Wow. It is a huge deal. Now that has not to that doesn't have anything to do with the rest of EA's games. Like, like when it comes to like their Madden and all the rest of their sports games, they are completely flooded with microtransactions. That's where they make most of their money is off the game FIFA. They make millions and millions of dollars off of FIFA alone. Or like uh like the normal uh what is it? It's not called Battlefront, Battlefield. They make a ton of money off of that kind of stuff. But what do you think when about it comes it? To, go ahead. If it's Disney and it's supposed to be directed toward kids, you shouldn't probably have loot crate crap because the kids are going to be using their parents' money. Correct. Well, I totally. mean, if anybody would have thought about it before they freaking started work, that would have been put in place. But yeah, when you give someone like EA full reins, no one's thinking about who the target demographic is. And Absolutely. They're only thinking about their pockets and how much money they can fill it with. Whereas Disney has uh, uh, an image to uphold. They have this family-friendly idea about them. And for one, they don't want any bad press in the first place. So when EA comes out and has the most downloaded or downloaded, downvoted uh, Reddit post all time, it's a big deal. Well, they already have, you know, fight back from all their, the recent trilogy of Star Wars movies. So, yeah, that's true. That happened as well. (laughs) But then again, they're trying to learn from that mistake and go in a different direction with that as well. So they are learning slowly when it comes to Star Wars. Unfortunately, they had to learn slowly. Um, did we talk? I saw episode three. I finally watched or episode three. The last, the last one was it episode nine. Yeah. Um. Why don't you give me your opinion of it? So, like, my brother watched it, and I, I've to date never seen it, and you know, it's just because I, I kind of oh gave up. Yeah, Wait, I, I must have just been texting you. Yeah. Yeah, you I, Quinn. Just like episode, what was that? Seven. I feel like they had. They could have made it great. No, and I think it, they, it's episode eight that you're thinking of. Go ahead. No, episode seven was the first one of this last trilogy. Correct. And we you just great. watched. Yeah, and you just watched the. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. so I said like uh, so many things didn't make sense. Like she goes to loving the bad guy back and forth, and it's just like 
<sighs> it was so frustrating, I guess, that um, she would want to go kill him. He would want to kill her, and then they would battle for a second. And he's supposed to be the most powerful being ever, and he can't beat her, right? She's still a – she's not even – is she a Jedi at that point? Like, she had, you know, like no training. Well, and then, um, well, she didn't have any training, but they, they don't really care too much about training in this new series at all. No, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, she really didn't have much training. And then uh, she – then they hate each other. And then all of a yeah. sudden they, they leave and, oh, my God, maybe, like, I subconsciously love this guy. Mm-hmm. Then, spoiler, they battle on that water island. And then some, I don't remember how it panned out because it was some months ago, but like he thinks he's about to, he like stops, right? Because he's like, I don't know if I can kill you. She like pokes him, but doesn't kill him, then chucks his lightsaber or he chucks it or whatever. So he just like denounces uh, the dark side. Sure. And then his dad, his dad shows up and it's like, what? But he's not a ghost. He's just a dude. Just walks right, right up. Yeah, because he's not force sensitive. And then, uh, then they're like they're like buddy buddy partners. And yeah. It's just like, what is going on? It's almost like all the original. Someone else brought this up, and I I want to say me and you talked about, it, but like in the original trilogy, there was like limbs being cut off, like a lightsaber would cut through anything. Right. It was like the ultimate weapon, which is why the ultimate trained people use them but then in this trilogy it was like uh there's a lot of scratching lightsabers scratch a lot of things yeah cut through stuff it's like right. what's going on like the consistency it's, it's, was just not yeah there. yeah disney um, definitely does not know how a lightsaber works like they'll have one scene where the lightsaber is able to cut through solid rock with just like, like it's butter. Like it means nothing. Just an easy swing all the way through a huge chunk of rock with no problem. Okay. So that's your standard then, right? No, because when it tries to come to cutting humans, it doesn't do a very good job. <laughs> it's because like you can try to cut someone's spine and instead it just makes them like, like kind of like throws them basically like, like hitting with like a, a baseball bat or something. It, like throws them into the wall and now he has a big scratch on his back and it's like, okay. Oh, so he's not cut in half? What, what, what the hell the hell's going on here? Or it'll spark off of someone's head. That's that's mind-boggling. So it's like, okay, so you hit him in the head with a lightsaber to the point where it sparks off of his head, which actually it shouldn't even do in the first place. It should just cut through, maybe be like a little bit of mist or something. But uh, fine. So it sparks off of his head. He must have like, a lightsaber uh, shield on his head or something because uh, he should not have any brains anymore. Simple as that. Oh, there's just, there was a bunch of other parts that were frustrating. Um, and some of those are just driven by Disney's politics at the, at the time. And I, I think that, this trilogy was really uh, broken, like uh, disjointed. And, and if it, if you watch it as entertainment, I guess you're okay. But I guess I wouldn't have, I mean, I'm glad I didn't go pay for the movie theater. Cause it would, as a true star Wars fan, I'd come out. Well, the hard part is I'm loving the original trilogy. 
Mm-hmm. I know they I know they have to make changes to make a new movie, but mm-hmm. I don't feel like some of the main things um, that they should have kept are there. Now, if it was an offshoot, like you know, like a video or a movie just about Leia or Ray or whatever, that's you know, you have your own offshoot. You have you can do whatever you want. Um, kind of like the Mandalorian. I feel like it's I have some issues with some of the like the acting quality and stuff, but that I still enjoyed the Mandalorian a lot. Right. And I, and I think that they're coming out with another TV series, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, they have a lot. Well, they tell you what, they keep putting a lot of rumors out there and making a lot of announcements, but uh, who knows what's actually in motion. Um, I can't wait for Mandalorian season two. Right. I think what's good about something like the Mandalorian is that kind of like what you said, it's its own offshoot. So you can kind of do whatever you want over there. It's not a big deal. Uh, also, they're not using lightsabers, which apparently is super hard for Disney to understand how, what to do with because they're too violent or whatever. But um, you are able to then tell a story about something that's not part of everyone's mind already. Whereas when they try to take the actual uh, Star Wars series, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, that's supposed to be one coherent series about the Skywalker legacy. And instead, uh, they killed off Skywalker as soon as possible and just ended the legacy. And then no one knew what was going to happen next. Like, okay, so since you just basically kicked Skywalker to the curb and said, who cares about this legacy? Now, what do we do? And they're just like, well, wrap it up, get it the fuck out of here because uh, we made a mistake. (laughs) Uh, And now all those original actors are dying off. So it's like, well, you guys lost a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm They're... honestly surprised that Harold Harrison Ford even was in it. I, I I don't know if they blackmailed him or what, but he's been like hating Star Wars for a long time. So like totally. not sure how he got in there that for decades they wanted he wanted them to write him out of Star Wars because he was so sick of like Star Wars fans coming up to him all the time. So then uh the first chance he gets, uh he has them kill him off. So congratulations, you got what you wanted. But then, uh, who knows? Maybe he just needed that Star Wars money again. So when they offered it, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll take a big check. Let's take one more. Who knows? Because didn't, didn't they say uh, he's they're going to film another Indiana Jones? Yeah, but they're not filming it with him. I think they're going to use... Uh... No, but I think he's going to be in it. Oh, really? I think, that's, I think he's going to hand it down. Like what was supposed to happen with the crystal skull. Right. So why the hell didn't that happen? Why did now, that was weird. That? I, I liked it, but it was kind of weird to have aliens. I mean, it was sure. Like but someone took a lot of weird drugs. Yeah. They did a lot of weird stuff in the past though. Like remember like the first one, I mean, they had, uh, all the, the crazy like ghosts and everything coming out of, uh, Oh, the King, uh, yeah, the King's ghost or whatever. But those oh. seem like, what do you mean? No, the, the the Ark of the Covenant. That's what I'm trying to say. They open the Ark of the Covenant and mills that guy's face off, and all those ghosts swirl all over the place. Yeah, but I want to say those are like legit, um, fairy tale story things in on Earth. Like that would be like an archaeologist would have like if you were going to the Ark, 
that would have been a story that they told to keep grave robbers away or something. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Where like, sure they entered entered into like X Files territory. And I, I, I guess people have been talking about aliens for a long time, so that's not that out of the question. It's just you you're going from like Tomb Raider stuff to Lost in Space. Yeah. Like. I see what um, you're saying. Still- it, it feels like an e break on the whole entire situation. Yeah. I don't know, but it was entertaining. I remember not like hating the movie, just that I thought the alien part was weird, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. What did you see a release date on Mandalorian too? Because they've been they were. Sh- I think a big issue was it all got postponed by uh, the the COVID crisis. So I don't know. October twenty twenty. Oh, I was gonna say I didn't think they even had one. Okay, there you go. Uh, it did. I think it wrapped up just before the shutdown. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, dude, here you go. The sequel, unofficially known as Indiana Jones 5, will bring back Harrison Ford um, and George Lucas. And it's going to hit theaters July 2021. Interesting. George Lucas is going to be a part of it again. Huh. Was he, he getting bored? He must be. And it must be because he's got nothing else to do since he's not working on Star Wars anymore. So that he's going to say, all right, well, I'm going to keep working on uh, the Indiana Jones series then. He it must have. And he must. He, I don't know if he's writing it, but he definitely is probably. Well, Helping produce it or something. Originally, longtime director Steven Spielberg was set to join, but he departed. He will remain as a producer. Oh, wow. Despite poor re- reception to Crystal Skull, its screenwriter David Nope is, or Cope is back on to pen the new film. Interesting. We'll That's see very that. Interesting. Yeah. And again, it's interesting that they went just being, okay, whatever. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. Who knows? I mean, it's probably over a year make, out. Yeah, they'll probably still make a billion dollars off of it just because it's in Indiana Jones, but... Man, it was supposed to come out this year in July, and it got hmm, probably a couple of rewrites and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I'm as well. You never know, but it could have been the Star Wars just causing so much ruckus they they didn't want to wreck. They didn't want to wreck the Indiana, Indiana Jones uh, series as well. That that very well could be a part of it because of all the backlash and weird stuff that happened with uh, the last two Star Wars movies. They might have decided let's just take a second to breathe on this next one over here. Cause we might mess up these fans stuff as well. Um, was there, a, it looks like there's a series called the young Indiana Jones. Is that a yeah. TV series or something? Yep. Yeah. That, that came out a long time ago. That came oh. out like, yeah, like decades ago. Okay. I didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. I like Indiana Jones a lot. It was one of the first action adventures. I mean, that I remember watching with like my mom let me watch, right? It was one of those, this is kind of for adults, but we're going to let you watch it. Kind of you know, like I was seven or something. Right. And uh, I couldn't, it's like Star Wars for me. I couldn't tell you which movies, what, like I could, t- I totally forget which one's what, but I remember if I see them, I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember this one. Yeah. Yeah. I like the first one and the third one a lot. The second one, 
I dislike because I think it's super boring. It has really good moments in it. So like if I can just skip right to those cool moments, I'm good with just that chunk. And then you can just screw the rest of the whole entire film because Is it's just the- really drawn out a lot of times. That's the one with like that one lady who's just screaming the entire time. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's the one where he's in the Amazon or whatever, and it's like kind yeah. of voodoo. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's in the jungle forever, and he's got that that blonde lady with him, and she's just screaming obnoxiously the whole oh, entire yeah. time. And the whole entire voodoo thing, that kind of creeped me out. I didn't like that stuff. But, um... Oh, also, I... What really... Actually, what, what creeps me out the most whenever I think about that film is when I was little, I saw the... The the scene where they're all at the big table and they're gonna have the feast. You know what I'm talking about? I think so. And yeah. at the big feast, they have all of the most gross things you can possibly think of. And this yeah. is clearly just Steven Spielberg and George Lucas just trying to think of all the grossest things possible. So they have snake surprise, whatever, and they're like, "What's the surprise?" And then they cut it open. All these baby snakes come pouring out, or they have like a monkey finger soup and all this, just all this crazy weird stuff. And I, I was so grossed out as a little kid, even now thinking about it, I can remember like wanting to vomit. Like, I I can't take it. I can't. (laughs) That's super gross. Yeah. I'm grossed out by that stuff. Right. But as an adult, like when I, when I view it, it still grosses me out, but I can see it as like, okay, you guys are just trying to be funny and I get it. But as a kid, when I watched this, I was like, terrified slash grossed out beyond belief uh well i hate snakes to begin with but i remember yeah like the soup and wasn't there monkey brains or something disgusting yeah that's what it was was monkey brains not monkey fingers yeah yeah it was like monkey brains oh yeah again i can imagine these two like directors or like you know the writer and director just giggling themselves thinking about all the the gross things that they could possibly put on this table. And, but just as a viewer and as a kid, I was like, I am going to die. <laughs> it's almost like the South park version where they're like making Spielberg and uh, what's his face chase after Harrison Ford and like screw like a pig. No, I, I don't remember that at all. I don't remember. You didn't that. see I, that I, South park. Oh my no, God. I, didn't, I didn't see that episode. That's funny. Um, We'll see what happens. I guess it's another year out, so whatever. But I think it's funny that they keep trying to re- remake or make sequels to like really good movies, but they keep screwing them up. Super irritating. It is super irritating. I, I, honestly, at this point, I would really just rather you let the dead stay dead. Like, There's no reason for you to keep digging them up, bringing them out here as basically corpses, uh, defiling their corpse. <laughs> ruining the memory of what was like we had good memories of all this stuff let it be because every single time you dig one of them up you just completely destroy it and now my memory of all that entire series is ruined because what you just did this time around yeah exactly just fyi i think the last time we recorded arcade one up was going to announce new cabinets and and uh, they released them and i don't care about the other two but Big Buck Hunter was one of the new cabinets being released. I assume that you're all over that. Oh, I'm excited. So if you remember, I had a I had the arcade uh, Big Buck Hunter World, which was Pro mixed with Safari, and that's pretty much what this is. 
Okay. It, it's a uh, Big Buck Hunter Pro, Big 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 Buck Hunter Pro open season. It looks like a big buck. They just shrunk down like the horn, the horns at the top and everything, the two guns. So I'm pretty jazzed about it. I just am worried that it's going to be about $500. Mm. They're also using this light gun tech that's not not normal. It's not out in public. It's um, from what I read, It's there's this kid from the UK that kind of came up with it. And then he called it Sindin or Shindin light gun. And what he does is he puts a camera in the gun. And then he does um, some, uses computer software to then take the screen and show where the screen, you know, show the screen and then um, compares that to the game and where, where um, the camera's pointing and sh- when you, when you click where it should be hitting, hitting an object. Uh, so when he first released the, the prototype of it, it only worked on a handful of games on a computer. And now it works on this, which is interesting. So uh, his Kickstarter has been, you know, the guns aren't available yet. And I'm wondering if that, when, uh, if Arcade went up partnered with them, that's why he's been so far behind as he's been doing this. Hmm. Uh, so I hope it works. It's uh, it's a great way to uh, get LCD gun technology out. And maybe it's capable of doing other games uh, as well once he releases it. Because on like my old big buck, I could only use a tube TV, like the CRTs. Um, and then on the newer big buck, they use the Wii mote kind of style guns. So this is new tech. This is kind of nuts. I hope he made a patent for it. Otherwise he's going to get knocked off pretty quick. Well, I'm sure he did. He had to, uh, right? I don't know. He's, he's like a younger kid. Like he's maybe just a little bit younger than us. Maybe he's about our age. Okay, but, so is this new tech, better i mean obviously this company is using this new tech but i'm i i guess when i hear uh, of a company like one up trying to pull this off it's probably because it's cheaper than the other stuff right or is it better i don't know because no one's really played it he's posted some videos of him playing it but i can't believe him doing you know like i could post a videos of me disappearing and people could believe it right i don't actually disappear you know i'm not a magician right it's not real magic so you're not I, a wizard yeah. I'm a wizard, Harry. <laughs> so in, until there's actually a production of it, I just am cautious about it. Um, if Arcade 1UP is going to release it, I'm assuming it's going to work. But for, I just watched their trailer, and they CG'd the gameplay onto the screen. So it doesn't I mean, release until the fall. Yes, correct. So it releases this fall, so they still have time. And that kid's... Uh, his Kickstarter thing is still not shipping. So like even I just looked at an update and he's still working on gun molds and stuff, um, which means he still doesn't have it done. So who knows? Who knows? But I'm excited for that. And that is all. That's all I want to talk about. Okay. All right. Well, then let's wrap it up there. That is the end of this episode. You can uh, follow us not on Facebook. We'll see you guys later. <laughs> Flip, flip, mash, mash. Wow, thanks, Steve. All right, bye-bye. Bye.